Good morning, Storyside. Are you glad to be in God's presence today? Man, I was loving that moment. I think it was a holy moment when we were just singing about him being the way maker and the miracle worker and the promise keeper. You can just feel it in the room that, thank you, God, even if I don't see it, even if I don't see it, you're working. And thank God, I, I, was, I was praying with Rick. I know he's believing for his son, Nathan, who oversees my pastor's team. Nathan was in the hospital and, and really faced some extremes of, of COVID. And I think his record right now is he's able, the most he's taken is 25 steps. Uh, and Nathan really needs a miracle. And I know there's a lot of others, Joe and different ones, they really need miracles. And I, you know, I was just having my hand on Rick's shoulder praying for him and tears are streaming down his face and just believing like today, let something break today. And uh, I know there's a lot of needs represented in the room, but just believing for God's supernatural strength and for miracles. I was texting my friend, Pastor Eric in Kentucky, and they have three locations. I preach at their church usually one or two times every year. Uh, but their one location, Campbellsville, is just devastated with the storms. I was texting him this morning, and he was telling me a lot of the people are sleeping in state parks. They have some of them in gymnasiums. Uh, and, and we are going to be sending money and resources like ASAP uh, to, to help them. We love them. And so I just want to thank you for your prayers, your generosity. You know, we often say church isn't just like three songs and a sermon, like we check the box off. The church is a powerful thing. We're a family. Uh, one rejoices, we all rejoice. One cries, we all cry. Uh, we're in this together. And so I just want to thank you for praying for each other, um, for, for your generosity, even just worshiping. The Bible said God inhabits the praise of his people. And so if we walked in here and you didn't worship, and you were just sort of stuck on that seat, uh, it doesn't really open up the anointing to work like the anointing wants to. And so I just thank you, even in this service, for opening up your heart to worship. I believe it gets heaven's attention. Uh, I'm excited today to talk to you about gifts, and not only am I going to share a little bit about gifts, but to my knowledge, this is the first time that I have been able to tag team with Chance Barnett. Uh, I'm going to open up and share for a bit, and then Chance Barnett is coming. I know the pastors and the team gets to tag team some when they're preaching, and I don't want to miss out. I want to tag team with Chance today. Um, and so I love Chance's preaching. It was so good at 9 o'clock. I believe you're in for a treat today. We're going to continue our series and talking about gifts. Everyone say gifts. One of the gifts that we are giving to our church, this came to mind a few months ago, and that was to bring back as many as possible uh, to bring back as many of our worship team over the years. We're coming up on 19 years old, and I've always over the years been enamored with Gaither Homecoming and like all these people getting together and singing, and I wanted to do it this year. And so Pastor Kristen, with, with her work and stuff, was only able to come for one day, uh, but she is flying in for one day and then has to fly right back out. Uh, but Pastor Ethan is, is uh, coming up from Mississippi. He's going to be uh, here at Storyside for one or two of the services. Pastor Adam's coming back. Jalen's flying in from Oklahoma or wherever he's at. Uh, but he's, he's going to be coming in. Some of the people who have served on the team over the years, they're coming out of retirement uh, and, and they're making a comeback for Christmas. It's going to be awesome. And so that's one of our gifts to you guys. 
is just to see uh, some familiar faces and us celebrate Jesus together. It's going to be a great time. That's on Christmas Eve of Eve, December 23rd, and then on December 24th. So some of our guests will be at some of the services, not all of the services. I know you're going to start a one asking, like, who's at which one? Um, but we're, we're really excited about, about Christmas. I'm asking you to invite some friends and family. We're going to have candlelight. Uh, as part of all four of those services on December 23rd and 24th, we'll have candlelight. Uh, some of the children, I don't want to give too much of it away, but the Gwinnett girls with their violins, that's a, a don't miss moment. It's powerful. Then with Terry Wallace and playing the violin, Silent Night, it's just going to be a special time. So invite some people to join us December 23rd, December 24th. And then we'll be mentioning this even next weekend, but on Sunday, uh, the 26th, we want you to enjoy time with your family. We'll be online only. Uh, get your communion in advance. We're going to have communion that Sunday online with you and your family. Uh, but for our volunteers, they've worked their tail off this year. Our volunteers, there's been so many moving pieces and parts of story side. And I would love for our volunteers, our dream team, to have December 26th with their family. That's another one of the reasons we went online only. And so just, just excited about our Christmas season. And as we talk about Christmas, you, you, you often just go to, it's our series, but gifts. Everyone say gifts. I, I told Alyssa, get me some gifts. I don't even know, want to know what's in them. I want it to be as much of a, a surprise when I, as it is for you. Uh, and even earlier, I was looking up like, please be pumpkin pie. Please, please be. It's not pumpkin pie. It's not even heavy. I don't know what's in here, but it's not pumpkin pie. But it's a surprise for me too. Uh, so we are getting in this one, we are getting a scarf and we are getting some, how many like gifts? How many like gifts? Even when I open this, let me ask you this, how many like to wrap with gift bags? I am a gift bag master. I love gift bags. Uh, I usually, I, I, I get the gift bag, I'll tape it shut and then I write with a Sharpie on it. That, that's my, that's my go-to. You don't have to guess which gifts are mine. Uh, and then we have some gloves. Michaela, Merry Christmas. <clears throat> Thank you, Rick. All right, what's some more gifts up here? What? It Campbell soup? Please be pumpkin soup. Please be pumpkin soup. A candle. Farmhouse collection, the comforts of home. You like candles, Chelsea? All right, Merry Christmas to Chelsea. The, uh, ready, right? Dive, you gotta sacrifice your body. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> The ripe old age of 51. All right. <laughs> Man. This one is a whole bunch of something. You know how you ever open a gift and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Liv. Huh? Liv is a basketball machine right down here. I've been at a couple of their games. I like full court press and everything you guys do. Man. All right. This is another one of those gifts people don't want. I, I, can, just, I can just tell. 
I can tell. It's a book or a journal or a some, something, isn't it? You just pick it up and you're like, oh, man. All right. Oh, this is a Tyson. Is that you, Tyson? Who's down there? Who's that in the third row? That's not Tyson. Here we go. This is a soft, fuzzy blanket. Who likes Ted? Colleen? You want it right there? All the way back? Please, God. Please, God. Perfect. All right. All right. Let's stop. I love gifts. I think we could just keep... I'm going to open a ton of gifts next week. The uh, give a lot of gifts away. Today I want to talk in our time together, and Chances is going to be joining me. I want to talk about the gifts that you open that they either could be memorable, monumental. Sometimes for me, like last year, I got a gift. My nanny had died, and my nanny helped raise me. And my dad got married when he was 16. And so my early years on, my nanny helped raise me, and I loved it. She worked at a hunting and fishing resort, and she, she would do cooking there and, and different things. And so from an early age, I fell in love with hunting and fishing, just was around it a lot. And my, my nanny was awesome. She, you know, for, for the most part, I remember lived in a trailer. And looking back now, how she would, even when I've shared before about nowadays you have more grandparents helping with children than ever. When I look back now, especially at the age she was, to think of all the things that she used to do with me. I've shared before about how we would watch Price is Right and all my children, and I was so tied into all my children, like Tad and Chandler and all who's dating who. And I was like five or six. I was like so wrapped up in it. Um, we'd watch Price is Right. We'd do puzzles. We would watch that, like, whatever, the no whammy, no whammy. And she took me to bingo all the time when, when I was younger. And one of my, my fondest memories was pillow fights, like just looking back now. And, and another thing, I'd lay in bed with her, and they're thick books, but she would teach me to read these like love stories that were like way too detailed for someone my age. Uh, uh, and then my, it's probably still my affinity now for bacon, but my nanny, every day that I remember, we would drink hot tea and she would make a whole pound of bacon. That's what we would drink hot tea and eat a pound of bacon. She was awesome. Uh, she was awesome. But last year, last year, my uh, daughters, my daughters got with Angel, and they had found a picture back when of my nanny and I, and had it framed, and it's a large picture to go in my office. And sometimes you, you open a gift that's really memorable to you, and you may even say things like, well, you shouldn't have. Or it just, it, just, it just catches you, almost like takes your breath away. I think in a, in, a, in a magnified way of even that is how you and I think or should think when we think about the gift of God. The gift of God. When you think that he would give his son. What a, what a gift that he would give Jesus Christ to take away all of our sins. And it's like, how in the world did I end up with this gift? I want you to think about the gift of God as Chance and I shared today. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages or the price tag, the consequence, the wages of sin is death, but the gift. Everyone say the gift. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our 
Lord. We're going to read a story today about a woman who's pretty messed up. Jesus actually calls her out on some of her conditions. She's pretty messed up, and Jesus extends what I just referenced. Jesus extends to her the gift of God. Max Licato, an author, said this, the meaning of life, the wasted years of life, the poor choices of life. God answers the mess of life with one word, grace. Are you thankful today, even in your own life, for the amazing grace of God? The story that I referenced is found in John chapter 4. It says, now Jesus had to go through Samaria So Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well and it was about, Chance is going to talk about this, this is really important, I just want you to notice it was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. If you were here a few months back when Pastor Keene, my friend from Columbus, shared about the greatest example of racial division in Scripture is the Jews and the Samaritans. He talked about you're only going to see Samaritans three times in Scripture. You're going to see the good Samaritan, you're going to see the ten lepers who were healed, the one who returned was a Samaritan, and then you're going to see this reference here, uh, and Pastor Keene broke down the, the concern scripturally that we could see with racial division. I want you just to notice that without getting too deep into it. I want you to notice that this woman is caught off guard that Jesus would be talking to her. Jesus answered her. This is the main verse, verse 10, that I want you to notice. I woke up the other morning early, and as soon as I woke up, there was a phrase on my mind. This story, but there was a phrase on my mind, Rebecca, from this verse, verse 10, and I wrote notes for probably close to three hours based on this one verse we're going to read right now. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew... The gift of God. We're talking about gifts today. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty And have to keep coming here to drink water, to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She replied, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, how many knows that Jesus doesn't want to fix the facade or the fake in our life? He said, the fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have, someone say, one's enough for me. (laughs) The one you have now is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Some, some, Some would teach with this woman that some she actually had lost. There was grief. There was a loss of life. 
Some people would teach that this number six was actually some sort of an affair. It wasn't even a legalized relationship. We're not sure of all the details that's going on. We just know that this woman has had some major marriage issues. They say that in marriage, if you make it to marriage number five, one university said the percentage of it working out is 8%. I believe, if, if I've read correctly, the record for marriages in America, so the, the number's different. One, uh, I believe the most marriages a man has been in is 23. The most marriages a woman has been in is 26. So we're laughing a little bit, but some of you would say one or two, like that, that's plenty, that's plenty for me, Pastor Micah. This woman is on number six, and, and number six isn't done right. I think it's important you notice that. They, they say that marriage is when a woman and a man become one. The tough thing is when they try to decide which one. Uh, how many knows that's true? They also say behind every crazy woman is a man that made her that way. <laughs> Every time I talk about marriage, I'm often reminded of this joke. I've shared it, but, but about the conference. The conference speaker is asking the audience, talking about relationships, and ask the audience how many women want to mother their husbands. One lady in the back is waving her hand and the speaker looks back and he said, you, you want to mother your husband? And she said, I thought you said smother. <laughs> I just want you to see that she's on number six and number six isn't right. And then the disciples return in verse 27. I think this is a serious part of the story. Verse 27, the disciples return. And they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. No one asked, what do you want? Or, this, this jumped out to me, why are you talking to her? Why are you talking with her? We sang earlier about Jesus, Pastor Justin, the lyrics were, Jesus sets the wrong things right. This story is a prime example of Jesus setting wrong things right. Our church name, StorySide, one of the, the facets of our name, one of the parts of our church name is that God writes good stories. And we will say this tip, that if God picks up the pen, it doesn't matter what your past is. It can have a good ending. The ending of this story so you have a woman and a bucket and a well and working on relationship number six. The end of this story is this encounter with God, this experience with God changes an entire region. The Bible says many people, that's the end of the story. Many people come out and get to meet Jesus and hear about Jesus because of this woman's testimony or this woman's story. But I don't want to just talk about the woman at the well and when chance comes and shares, I want you to also not just view this personally. I would like you to ask yourself a tough question right now. When we hear the disciples coming back and saying, why are you talking to her, thinking this in their mind? Why are you talking to her? I would like you to think of this question through the lens of your life. How would you handle the woman at the well?
How would you handle the woman at the well? You want her around your husband? You want her to be your friend? You want her as a neighbor, as a coworker? Because I think sometimes in life we can all point the finger at other people. Their marriage is messed up and their kid is a, those opioids and those addictions. And I, sometimes we can point, point the finger in stories like this, but then we realize, honestly, if I was the disciples and I came back, I might have thought the same thing, right? The story ends up with a very good ending, thank God. What I want you to notice before chance comes, just verse 10, I told you the other morning I woke up earlier and it was jumping out to me. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would. If you knew, you would. If you knew, you would. That was it. That's what I woke up to. If you knew, you would. You've repeated with me a couple of times already, but will you repeat this? If you knew, you would. I know you have five failed marriages. And I know number six is inappropriate. I don't know if they're right when they say affairs and stuff. I don't know. I just know that Jesus tells this woman, if you knew, you would. When I woke, I started writing down a few things. I started writing, if you knew, if you knew that getting your priorities straight in 2022 would change your life. You know how sometimes we get our priorities messed up? If you knew getting them right would change your family. If you knew, you would. If you knew, if you knew the future of your family, your kids, if you knew that taking some time to have a dad-daughter date night or to, to spend time with your son, if, if you knew that praying with them before bed, if you knew the future outcome and the impact of just spending that time with your child, if you knew, you would. If you knew date nights with your spouse, you know, I, I've pastored for 30-some years now, and people will often tell me, Pastor Micah, intimacy has been affected, and communication has been affected, and if you knew in this season that getting back to some of the basics of how your relationship even started, if you knew that it could turn your marriage around, you would. What about vision and dreams and ideas? For some of you, maybe even opening businesses. You say the circumstance, the condition is too crazy and chaotic for that, Pastor Micah. But I'm sure for this woman who came that day, never dreamed the outcome. Jesus told her, if you knew, you would. What about forgiving? Some of you can talk about things that happened to you 5 and 10 and 15 years ago like it happened 5 minutes ago. 
What if in 2022, you serious, you seriously prioritized, I'm going to forgive? What if there was great joy and freedom that came with that? If you knew, you would. What about the dangers of bitterness? You know, when you've been in an area for a long time, this is my 20th year here in this area. I have watched some parents, I've watched some people get bitter, and now their kids that were four, five, six, seven at the time that get jerked out of kids' ministry and jerked out of students, now they're 17, now they're 21, and I watch them. I think there's still a harvest that's coming from people who never handled hurt well. And some of you today have the opportunity to deal with your bitterness and your offense. And what if we were to fast forward into your future and show you the difference between holding on to it and letting go of it? I think if you knew, you would. And what about holiness? That you think life is good while you're still going there and you're still saying that and you're still trying this. And some people are one thing on Friday or Saturday and something different on Sunday and what if in 2022, you got serious about wholeness and holiness, and you said, God, I really want to guard my heart in 2022. I'm not sure that you and I even know how great your life could be if you took wholeness and holiness serious. The Bible says, who can ascend? That means go up. Would you like your life to go up? Who can ascend? People with clean hands and a pure heart. I think if you knew, you would. I think for others, if you knew how much Freedom Nights could help you, you would. I think if you knew how much counseling could help, you would. Counseling has been a godsend for Angel and I. We're 10 or 12 years into it. Counseling is not just crisis. You don't just go to counseling when you have crisis. Sometimes it's just like a health thing. You're staying on the front end of stuff, saying, I, I don't want to just start a family and start a marriage. I want to finish well. I think if you knew, you would. I think a big one for all of us is worship. Let's think about these last few before chance comes. Worship. People over the years will say, Pastor Micah, I was raised Church of Christ or I was raised Baptist, or I was raised Catholic, or I was raised, you know, for, for even some, you were raised so extreme Pentecost that it was like, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Like, you were like, I'm not doing anything ever again. It's so weird and so crazy. I'm not doing anything like that. And so we could come into settings like this, and we watch these people up here like it's a concert. But Christianity is not a concert. God wants your praise. God wants your appreciation. God wants your thankfulness. The Bible says if you have breath, you should praise the Lord. Maybe you would say, Mike, I just, I don't clap my hands. I don't raise my hands. That's not my thing. I don't want to get emotional. You know, we're the bride of Christ. Who wants to be in a marriage or relationship with no emotion? And so even today, as you're listening to this message, maybe a start for you, and I, I don't care where you start, but the Bible says I would that people everywhere would lift up holy hands. I'm telling you, if some of you would just take your hands from here and just even do this, maybe it's this. 
Maybe for some of you, it's just starting to clap. Maybe for others, just close your eyes, try to block out distractions. But if the Bible is true, that God inhabits the praise of his people, if the Bible is true, that when I draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to me, I think if you knew, you would. If you knew what God could do in your life, if you knew that your son and daughter who's six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old are watching you, and all of a sudden you start reading your Bible and you start praying or you start worshiping, and one day that son or daughter is going to look back and say, my dad used to, my grandpa used to, my mom, I think if you knew, you would. As chance gets ready to come, I think the same could be true for our giving, repenting, baptism, growth track, groups, sharing your faith and story. You could have some family and friends right now that they're one conversation away from coming over Christmas. They're one conversation from, from coming on a Sunday. Ultimately, they could be one conversation away from giving their life to Christ. And if you knew, you would. Jesus told this woman, I know you're jacked up, but if you knew, you would. Do me a favor. I've watched him grow from 15 on up, and I'm so proud of him. I'm going to be cheering him on like crazy from the front row. My tag team partner today. Would you welcome Chance Barnett as he comes? I love you, Chance. Well, good morning, Story Side. I hope you all are doing well today. Uh, before I get started, I just want to say a huge thank you to our pastors, Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel Pelkey. Even as we're talking about gifts, I just can't help but be reminded of what a gift, what a gift that you guys have been in my life, and I really think in our area and to our church. So thank you guys. We love you. When we look at this story and where Jesus is going to talk to this woman and he's going to say, he's going to say truth to her, he's going to talk to her about situations that she maybe doesn't want to talk about, I think it's interesting to look at the context of the story. Jesus is going to show up in Samaria, an area that many Jews would avoid, many Jews would try to stay away from. In fact, if they were traveling to an area, they were trying to go from point A to point B, and Samaria was in the middle, many times they would walk around Samaria and take a longer route. But in this instance, Jesus goes right in to Samaria. When we look at the woman that he's going to talk to, Jesus broke men's tradition. They would have taught not to speak to this woman, to perhaps avoid her. She'd been married five times. She'd been talked about, rejected in society. And she would have had no place in the covenant. Hebrew culture would have taught that there were varying permissions and protocols to remarry. They would have had to get these things to remarry. And otherwise, they would have been considered an adulteress. The fact that she is on relationship number six and has not gotten married suggests that she has possibly ignored what the society would have suggested. She has not met the standard of society. She's been through five marriages and now she is on number six. Most in this society, we see that she goes to a well, she's going to meet Jesus at a well. 
most would have come to the well early in the morning. They teach that at noon it would have been hot. It would have been much, a much more difficult and strenuous journey. I know that can be hard to believe that it could be that hot when we're in the middle of winter in Ohio. But it would have been very hot. And so many would go early in the morning. Some teach that it's highly likely, therefore, that she was rejected by the women in the village. That when the others were going early in the morning, she decided to go later in the day. That even though it was more difficult, she was willing to go later in the day to avoid the condemnation, to avoid the glares, to avoid the talking that would have come earlier in the morning. That's why the Bible includes the detail that she shows up to the well at noon. At noon. It's no wonder that she goes to the well at noon. When she has to deal with all of the conversations, when she has to deal with all of the people looking down on her, when she is in the middle of a society that says, you haven't met our standards, you haven't lived up to what we say you should do, it's no wonder that she would want to avoid all of that. That she's going to go to the well when she looks, when it looks like there will be no one else there. She's going to go to the well when she hopes to be alone. Hopes not to, to run into anyone. She doesn't want it brought up. She doesn't want to be reminded of the shame. Reminded of how she's gotten here. Reminded of the broken dreams. So she's going to go to the well alone. At noon. I think every day when she would make this journey at noon, when she would pick up this bucket, it was perhaps a reminder of all the things she had been through. That whenever she would pick this bucket up, whenever she would start her journey, whenever she would go to this well at noon, she would be reminded of the hurt, reminded of the brokenness, reminded that I don't fit in with everyone Else, reminded that people look down on me. Maybe even she would be reminded of the questions. Why me? Why am I in this situation? Why can't I be like everyone else? Why do I have to live with the shame and the reg regret to the point that I have to go to the well at noon? I think the bucket was likely a reminder for her of all of the emotions, of, of all of that pain in her life, to the point that she couldn't even pick this up without thinking about the hurt and the pain. What is it in your life that can bring those emotions back? When we talk about this woman and we see that she's obviously had some circumstances, she's obviously made some mistakes, we don't know the details of how she got through five marriages and is now in relationship number six. Some would suggest that there may have been deaths involved. We don't know all the details. But when she gets to this point, there's no doubt that there's hurt, pain, despair, maybe even depression. And every day, the reminder of it, the reminder that she doesn't fit in, the reminder of the brokenness. What is it in your life? You know, some people will talk about the things they've been through. Some people will talk about situations in their lives. And they'll say things like, even just the mention of their name, 
brings back all the emotions. Every year on this day, I can remember when I got the call. Every time I drive by their house, every time I drive by that church, every time I hear about that company, she was hoping that no one would be there so that she didn't have to see the look, so that she didn't have to think about it the entire time. Because I think oftentimes, sin will separate us. Shame will separate us. Shame has caused this woman to go to a well at a different time from everyone else. Because shame will separate us. In fact, even back to the very beginning, when man first sinned in the garden, the first thing they tried to do was hide. The first thing they tried to do was hide, to separate themselves. Because sin and shame and insecurities have a way of separating us. You know, in our lives, we, we will often talk about things, and in our own way, we will try to distance ourselves from those around us. In our own way, we go to the well at noon, hoping that no one will talk about it, hoping that no one will bring it up. We avoid people, we avoid loved ones, and we keep them at a distance. Now, I understand there are elements of healthy boundaries, and there's elements of certain people that you shouldn't allow in your inner circle. But at the same time, I think we have to be careful that we don't push everyone away. Because sometimes going to the well alone means we've pushed out people who care about us. Sometimes going to the well alone means that we've pushed away a leader or a counselor that could speak into our lives. Sometimes going to the well alone means that we push away a pastor or a parent who loves and cares about us. You have to be careful of who you push out of your life. We see that she's going to show up and when she's expecting to see no one, she runs into Jesus. She's going to have a conversation with him. At first, she's going to be skeptical. She's going to ask questions, wondering, what, first of all, why is he here? Why is he talking to me? And in this conversation, it seems that she just wants to have a surface-level conversation, that she doesn't want to talk too deeply. Jesus starts asking about the situations that are below the surface. And she responds with a semi-truthful response. He says, to go get your husband. She says, I have no husband. A semi-truthful response trying to cover up her past. And I believe that he brings up the situation that she probably wants to talk about the least. The situation she doesn't want to be reminded of. The situation she doesn't want to talk about. The reason she's going to the well at noon. And it's the very situation Jesus brings up. But I would also submit to you that it's very possibly the situation she needs to talk about the most. Jesus is going to share truth with her. 
He's going to share truth in a loving way, and it's going to change your life. Many people will often say in regards to the truth that the truth hurts. The truth hurts. Others will quote, I believe it's a, the movie A Few Good Men, when he says, you can't handle the truth. Some people will say that to people. You can't handle the truth. The truth of the matter is, is sometimes we don't want to talk about it. Sometimes it can be painful. Sometimes maybe we can't handle it. You know, some people can get so bent out of shape when you talk about something. Some people can get so upset when you bring that situation up. Maybe even in your own life, you could lash out at someone. Someone could be trying to talk to you about it, and you could get frustrated. You could get upset, even if it's the truth. Jesus shows up, and he's going to talk to her, and he's going to share the truth. As we're talking about gifts, I would submit to you that one of God's greatest gifts to us is when he speaks the truth to us in love. When he shares the truth. Maybe we don't always want to hear it. Maybe in our own way we're going to the well like I don't want to think about it. I don't want it to be brought up. Please don't preach about that. Please don't mention that. But sometimes the thing we need to hear the most, sometimes the thing that we need brought up is the truth. Even as we talk about, if you knew, you would. If you knew the impact it could have, if you knew what working on that could do, if you knew how that could change your life, even as we talk about those things, some people could almost put up walls like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to talk about that. But what if that's the truth you need to hear the most? Jesus shares the truth with her. And he shares it in love. Pastor Micah talked earlier about grace. I think that's another element of this story. That not only is he going to share truth, but he's going to share grace. He's not showing up with the condemnation that others had. He's not showing up trying to put her down. He's not showing up trying to say, you've messed up too much, you've gone too far, I don't love you anymore. But actually he's going to show up with the truth and grace. He's going to show her that he has more for her. And her life's going to be changed because of it. As we get ready to close in a few moments, what's that situation in your life? What is that truth that God wants to share with you? It could be different for everyone, even as you look down your row. Each person may have something different. But what's that truth for you? What is the thing that Jesus would want to talk to you about today? What is the thing that he would say, if you knew, you would? What's the thing that he could be saying, I want to work in your life? I want to change your life. I want to, I want to help your family. 
What is that situation in your life? What's the truth you need to hear? And how could working on that change your story? For this woman, she goes to a well, probably not expecting for her life to be changed. She goes to a well, probably thinking it's just another day. She probably doesn't go expecting everything to change. Maybe some of you can relate to that. The despair, the loneliness, the hopelessness. Maybe some of you have even given up. You've given up hope. Maybe you're in here today and you think, my life will never change. This woman probably didn't go to the well that day with a lot of hope. I think she went hopeless. She probably went with regrets, with shame, with hurt. But that day, she heard the truth she needed to hear. What is it for you? That if you knew, you would. She's going to have an impact. Her life is going to be changed. People in her area are going to be saved because of her testimony. I can't help but think there were some people in there who used to be, used to be doubters, used to talk down to her, whose lives were changed. And she probably didn't go that day thinking that. She probably didn't go thinking, me, the one who's been cast aside, the one who doesn't have a place really in society, the one that others talk down on, I'm going to have an impact. God's going to use me. She probably didn't go to the well thinking everything was going to change. But I guarantee you, if she knew, she would. You may not believe everything's going to change. You may have your own doubts. You may feel hopeless yourself. But I believe today, if you knew, if you knew the impact God could have in your life, on your family, on your workplace, if you knew the man or woman of God that he could make you into, you would. If you knew how letting go of that unforgiveness would bring you peace. You would. If you knew how being more generous in your finances would, would open up doors for God's provision in your life, you would. 
If you knew how getting counseling would change your marriage and help you move forward, you would. What is it in your life that if you knew, you would? What's the truth that maybe you don't want to talk about? Maybe you don't want to hear it. But today, Jesus would show up at your well and say, if you knew, you would. If you knew how letting go of that shame would help you walk in the fullness of what God has for your future, you would. If you knew, you would. If you knew how working on that anger would help you have better relationships with those around you, you would. If you knew, you would. I, I coach basketball, and one of the things that I've realized in coaching is that sometimes when you tell a player something or you try to show them something, they don't always understand the impact that it could have on their game and how they play. One thing I've found that helps is trying to show them, whether it be through film, whatever it may be, but helping them understand. By working on this, it's going to make you better here. If you do this differently, it's going to help you be a better ball handler. If you work on this, it's going to make your defense better. If you change this here, here's the impact it's going to have. So we'll try to coach them to understand this is going to have an impact on your life. I don't know every story represented. I don't know what the future holds. But let God coach you today. Let God give you a glimpse of what he could do in your life. Let God start to say, if you work on this, you're going to be a little bit better here. If you change this, you're going to be a little bit better husband. If you do this differently, you're going to be happier in your mind. If you join this group, it's going to help you foster relationships in your life. Because if you knew, you would. There would be no way, if you really knew, there would be no way that you would say, I'm not really sure, I don't know. Maybe it's not really for me. I really believe today, today, if you knew, you would. Can we pray today? Eyes closed all across the room. What is it for you? As we get ready to pray, even just between you and God, what is it in your life? Maybe you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You may not know the exact road it's going to take you down. But what's that area God is saying? I could do so much more with you if you just would. If you would. 
What is it in your life? I can't answer it for you. Your spouse can't answer it for you. It's something you have to answer yourself. Between you and God. It may be difficult. It may be hard. Maybe it's a truth you don't want to talk about. But if you knew, if you knew how it would impact your life, you would. With eyes closed, if you have something that comes to mind, something that you can think of, I just want you to raise your hand. I would love to pray for you. Oftentimes when we face these situations, when there's something we're going to work on, we don't have the strength to do it on our own. As hands are going up across the room, some still going up. It's like Eli said earlier, when the Bible talks about how God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. We can't do this on our own. We need His help. God, for every hand raised and story represented, I pray that you would give them strength today. It may be difficult. It's not something that's necessarily easy. But help them to see and to believe it's worth it. Help them to see that area that if they knew, they would. Help them to see if they knew they would. Maybe it's something some people have been putting off for years. Time and time again, I don't know if I can work on that. I don't know if it can ever change. But today, Jesus, show them, show them the impact that you could have. And if they knew, they would. Give them the strength and help they need today. Give them the strength where we fall short on our own. Step into that situation where time and time again we haven't been enough. Renew someone's strength today. Refresh someone's spirit today. Uplift someone today. Bring joy back today. Show up at someone's well today. And tell them That they don't have to stay at the bottom. They don't have to stay in the despair. They don't have to stay in the hurt, in the pain. Stir someone's faith up today to believe for their future. To believe that if they knew, that if they knew part, For people today who feel like I've, I've made too many mistakes. I don't know how God could ever love me. Show them your grace today. Show them the love of their heavenly Father. That even when other people have rejected them. Even when others have given up on them. Even when others have walked out of their lives. God, you've never left them. You've never stopped loving them. And you are there with them today. With eyes still closed, for some of you today, maybe you've never 
given your life to Jesus. Never given your life to Jesus. You've never repented of your sin. You've never said, God, forgive me for my wrong. As we talk about gifts, it's the greatest gift of all time. The gift of salvation. All you have to do is ask. Say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. And he'll forgive you. And he'll come into your life. And he'll change your life. If that's you today, with eyes still closed, I don't want to embarrass anyone. I just want to pray with you. If you would, please just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for your strength today. I want to pray that you'll experience the love and forgiveness of God. If that's you, even some of you, maybe you've gotten off track and you say, you know what, I just want to recommit. There in the back, thank you for that hand. Here in the middle, thank you. Thank you. God, as people are raising their hands, stretching their hand out to you, save them today. Let them know that you are with them today, that you are not mad at them. That sometimes when we think we have to get our lives together for you, and we think we have to get everything to get together to be able to come to church or come to your presence, God. Help them to realize that that's not the case. Help them to realize we don't get good to get God. Help them to realize we don't have to earn our way to you, but it's a free gift. And we just have to accept it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You never stop working. Can you do me a favor, Storyside, for some of those who raised their hands today? You accepted Jesus. I believe that that is a life-changing decision. And I would love for us to pray this prayer together with eyes still closed. Repeat after me all across this room. Everyone, let's join in with them. Dear Jesus, welcome to my world. I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me. Make me new. I welcome you today. Jesus, change my life. In your name, Jesus. Amen.